Hi there, fellow bookers. My name is Mike Craft, and I'm coming to you from the Redwoods of Northern California. And my name is Carl Mandrilli, coming to you from Castle Rock, Colorado. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good, man. Hey, we were on the phone the other day, and you had to stop the conversation to go cover up your truck. What mm. was that about? Oh, you want to talk about weather again is what you're saying. <laughs> weather. <laughs> Just tell me what that was about. What was it? It's July. You had to go cover your truck. Yeah, because we've had hail, I don't know, 10 times or more, like significant hail this summer. And so I've, I just kind of threw some blankets on. Like, we, I don't know. I've just got so much junk kind of related to the reselling thing. I've got so much junk in the garage. I can't drive the truck into the garage. We have a small garage anyway. It's so not that that would be convenient yeah. as it is. But yeah, is that was that interesting to you or were you concerned about me or what's going on? I was. I was concerned that you have hail large enough that you have to go cover your vehicle. Oh but I did want to preface the point that why I talk about the weather every time or why I ask about the weather every time we talk, because it's always something crazy with you. It's funny. Well, this summer, especially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Full disclosure, I do wear my bike helmet when I go cover my truck. <laughs> <laughs> do you really? I do. And it's helpful <laughs> because, it, yeah, because some of that hail can hurt. So, Golly, I mean, we, we get man. hail here. We haven't had it this summer, but literally like over the, the next hillside, they've had hail that, you know, dings the vehicle. Some can be so mm-hmm. strong it'll like smash the windshield. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, you just got to be careful with it. And yeah, it's just how it goes, man. Just part I've, of the deal. So I've seen some of those videos. So I'm glad to know that you wear a helmet. Speaking right. of speaking of heads, look at that new Pickers podcast hat you got going on. For those that are watching on YouTube, thank you for being on YouTube. Yeah, Mike made this and just recently gave this to me. Pretty sharp. And uh, yeah, pretty cool. I like it. Absolutely. Thank it you. does look good. They turned out really nice. So if any of, if any of you want one of these hats, you got to let us know. You got to drop it in the comments. Let us know that there's interest and then we can get some merch made up for you guys if you're yeah. interested. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, good Looking deal. good. All right. Good deal. We got, we got a story today. This is like we a got story an awesome story, an awesome story. So the working title right now that I've got is how a beginner reseller made a massive purchase. And when I say massive, I mean like not only, you know, spending some cash, but just getting a lot. Yes. And so I think we want to know if you think it's worth it or not. Is this is this worth the risk? I have my opinion. You obviously have your opinion. We're going to go through this. So yep. you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Okay. So. Let's just start from the basics here. Who is the beginner reseller that we're talking about? Well, between the two of us, I think that would be me. I am the beginner reseller that is in this story. Okay, you're the you're, so you're the protagonist of the story here. Hopefully, not the antagonist. Yeah, the protagonist. You're the beginner reseller, and you are considering or possibly have already made a massive purchase, and so we are here to simply judge it. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, and I'd love, love any advice that you guys would have too, because uh, it was a it was a big decision. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get through this. All right. So tell us All about right. tell us the story of like how you got the lead for you know even knowing that this like inventory was available and like what is it that you think you're buying? So kind of take us through this. Right. So the way it worked out for the those of you listening on the podcast or listening on the audio apps. Carl's wearing a backpacking and blisters t-shirt. So we were backpacking in Canada recently together. And I walked up on him and another friend of ours saying the word Tupperware and my ears perked up right away. Cause you guys know how much I love selling Tupperware. Right. 
So when I walked up to you guys, I don't really know how you guys started in on the conversation, but when I walked up, you said, Mike loves to sell Tupperware. And that's basically right. where, where the conversation started, right? Mm-hmm. Was there any more to it than that? Before I, I, I mean, I, I kind of have my own version of the story in my head. I didn't realize this is the first time we talked about this. I thought we'd had a conversation beforehand, no. but yeah, let's just go with it. Okay. So you heard Tupperware, you heard us talking about it. And then what, what happened next? I walked up and you guys talking about the Tupperware and we, uh, we were talking about talking to this friend, this mutual friend that we have. And he was saying that his father-in-law has a storage unit full of vintage Tupperware. Right. A storage unit full of it that's just been sitting there literally for years and he doesn't know what to do with it, right? He doesn't know what to do with it and it's all brand new, still in the box, and it's a storage unit full. New old stock, they call it. So, and it's just sitting yes. there and I think his wife is like, let's get rid of this stuff, let's donate it. Let, we don't, and then he's like, no, but it's valuable. And yeah. so, yeah, so what are you thinking? You, you hear the story, what do you think at this point? Well, I'm, I'm seeing a, a great video on our hands. Uh, the fact that I love to resell Tupperware on our show. So it was it was so much. And then how to handle such a large amount. You know, do I have the storage for it? All these different questions were going through my head. Were you, so, you, Ed, so you weren't thinking, should I buy this? Oh, I wanted to buy it right away. I wanted to tell him yes, no matter what the okay. price was or, sure. or however much it was. Vintage Tupperware sealed, brand new in the box. Yes, I'm all over it. Right. Okay. Okay. So you got this potential lead. And so the lead was just kind of like, basically like, it sounds just like you eavesdropping on, on a conversation here. <laughs> it was just how you got the lead. And then now you're interested in like, how do I get all this stuff from this guy that you don't know? And you're still relatively new friends with yeah. my buddy. His name's Knowlton. So, right? Mm-hmm. Is this, are we telling this correctly? Yeah. Correct. Okay. okay. So... Um, so then you had a later conversation with him and it sounds like you wanted to go to like the next level. So what did that conversation sound like where you're like, Hey, how do I get this Tupperware into my hands? Yeah. So after we got off of the trail, we didn't really talk about it much anymore on the trail, but after we got off on the car ride home, I was picking his brain a little bit more. And by the way, I should tell you, I'm a little surprised that our friends don't even know that we have a reselling podcast. He was questioning me about that. It's like, I had no idea. And he starts, he subscribed to it right in front of me too. He looked it up and subscribed to it. Okay. Well, that, this is going to take us down a rabbit hole of what does friendship mean to you, Mike? Because, (laughs) because um, our buddy Knowlton is not, he doesn't live stateside. And so I literally never talked to him until he's on the backpacking trip and and he comes back stateside every what is it every couple of years he's a missionary abroad and mm-hmm. so he's he's all in on that so i don't ever talk to like to be honest i don't talk to a lot of these guys unless we're on the backpacking trip <laughs> just once a year yeah it's, yeah it's, it's bad for sure that was a lot of fun though because he was asking me questions and he was telling me about his father-in-law had this and he needs to get rid of it he's been holding on to it for 20 years holding on to all this Tupperware. Yeah, right. Right. So it's like 19, isn't it like 1980s stuff? I thought. Yeah. It's 1980s stuff. Okay. So he's like, my father-in-law was just going to trash it. And I said, no, there's probably, he said, there was no, there's probably some money in that. And I'm like, heck yeah, there's a lot of money in vintage Tupperware. That's brand new sealed in the box. Right. So you're talking it through behind the scenes. I didn't know how interested you were because this is like, I know you're interested, but the actual process of obtaining it, making the offer, which we'll talk about here in a moment. I knew this was mm-hmm. going to be a massive effort. 
And so I just told my buddy Nilton, I said, hey, if Mike isn't interested in this, I can help you solve your problem. I'll come out and I'll take this off your hands. So I was kind of the backup. And then I don't know if he, if he like conveyed that to you in that like, Little, little fire under you. are like, oh yeah, well, if Carl, I, I'm not going to let Carl take it. No, I'm going to take it. I think you're the one that told me that you were going to, that you were interested to not worry about it. Cause I was, I was, yeah. you know, obviously we're pretty good friends. So I was going back and forth with you. Like, what would, what do you think? You know, what does this look like? Is there storage? Right. You know, what kind of a price? All this different stuff that I had to run by right, and right, right. see what we're talking about. And yeah, all right. those things came to mind, man. How do you store? that much Tupperware. We'll, we'll talk about how much Tupperware it actually was a little bit, a little bit later, but do I have the space? Yeah. Do I have the money? Do I have the means to go down and get it? Just all these, all these different logistics that, that you go from, I go from right. 200, 200 listings on my eBay store. Now I've got however many I'm going to have and it's my inventory is going to double. Uh, the cost of everything is going to be way up there. So it's like, your inventory is not going to double. It's going to be like, you know, go tenfold, right? It's massive. Yeah, it is. It is massive. Yeah. So this is a big deal, especially for newer resellers. This is why this is so interesting. It was a, it was definitely, it was an instance where I had to level up. I was about to level up and it was either take the deal or pass it up and then regret it for the rest of my life or my rest of my reselling career. So, but you could regret it either way. You could regret passing it up. It's like the what if, or mm -hmm. you could actually go and do you know the full effort and regret it because you end up losing a lot of time and money. I could. It. So I could. And so, okay. So next question is like, how did you take us through the process? Like, how did you know this is worth your time and money? How did you figure this out? Well, first off, I, I've been selling Tupperware ever since I started my business. So I knew Tupperware is golden, right? It's the first thing I look for at any estate sale, yard sale, whatever. Even we went to a Goodwill in Sacramento yesterday, and my first thought was, where's the Tupperware? Looking for the Tupperware. So I know the comps. I know how well it's selling. I know what to look for. I know to see okay. if it's damaged, You know if it's good condition, bad condition, what's sold, what hasn't sold. So I already knew this stuff was gold, if I could get it for the, okay. for the right price. right? Obviously, if I paid $5 or $15 a piece for all this stuff, it's not going to be worth my time whatsoever. Right. So. It's all about the pricing on this. So you're pretty confident and you knew, I mean, like we're just talking about this. You don't really know what this guy has. So how did you find out really like what his inventory was? Yeah, exactly. And to be honest with you, well, I don't know if you want to share this now, but be honest with you, I still don't know what the inventory actually looks like. I'm going off of what he, he sent me a few pictures. So probably 15 pictures of different boxes. Okay. And I was looking some of it up and just looking through a lot of it and to be honest, some of it's going to go in a lot. You know, there are lids and stuff like that that probably won't go for as much as I paid for it. Right. I was, I'm willing to take that risk, right? So if, if out of X number of pieces, you know, I only make, I only make a huge profit on a few of them, then it's going to cover the, all the costs. But what was really going through my mind this whole time is I'm trying to build the Pickers pot podcast brand, right? And on video and, and everything else, this is going to make some very good storytelling, you know, some great videos, some great shorts. We're going to be talking about this for a long time because we're going to have Tupperware updates consistently on the show now. How am I doing with it? So, so you're saying you had to make a decision about whether to buy this or not. 
based on 15 pictures. 15 pictures. And okay. he did send me a man of uh, an inventory list and Okay. But to be honest with you, I don't know when this inventory list was created. If it was created back in the 80s, right. is it 20 years okay. old? Are some of those pieces missing now? Are they still good? What you know, what am I going to get with this? So, okay. but the only thing that I do know is I trust Knowlton and you know, I don't think I would do this sight unseen off of like a Instagram message or something like that. It would, de- yeah. I would definitely have to look at it and I'm still going to look at it. I'm, I'm pretty much committed at this point, but I'm still going to look at it. And if there's two boxes instead of however many boxes he said that there was, I'm probably going to have to have a talk with him and be like, look, I, I can't pay for what you want just off of two boxes. That's just, right. it, it's unfeasible. Right. And the whole conversation, he was, Nolton was very agreeable. You know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to offend you, Nolton, but I, I am a reseller. I need to make money on this. And you're not going to offend now, him. He's, he's just the middleman, right? Like I know. He's, yeah. He doesn't care. He just wants the boxes out. He's trying to solve a problem with his father-in-law who's essentially hoarded boxes of Tupperware. It sat there for years. They're paying the fees on the storage unit. He's just simply yeah. trying to solve a problem, clear up space. So he's, he's being the good guy, the good middleman, so to speak. Yeah, I just always want to bring that up front, though. It's like, look, I I don't want to offend you, but I have to make money, so I'm probably gonna lowball you, give you a lowball offer, right? And he's like, no problem. And we were going back and forth. I was like, do I want to do? He was at first, he was interested in me selling it in my store for him, and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of inventory. That's gonna take years, possibly right. years, to sell through. So I was doing the calculations. I was like, do I want to? factor in 80% profit of whatever the sales are. And then we're going back and forth with like sales tax. How's that going to work? I'm going to have to keep my inventory separate. There's going to be so many things, logistics that I'm going to have to look at. And so, and then I started coming up with what about just outright buying it, you know, for, for a set price for a lump sum. Yeah. So then I had to start thinking about that and I'm like, so what would I actually want to pay for this? What do I pay for it? And I was, Having yeah. these conversations with Jen, obviously we're a team in this thing together. She's going to be listening at all. So right. <laughs> I needed to get her input on it. Okay. And so we finally came up with the price and I, I him hawed. Also, just let me cut, cut you off right there because also one thing you didn't mention in terms of factoring the price is the fact that this is not close to where you live. Like you've got to travel yes. the length of California, pick it up, like physically move it out of garage and out of storage unit. Mm-hmm. Have the means to move it, whether that's you know renting a one-way U-Haul or something along those lines, and then drive it all the way back home. So that's not going to just cost the you know the money, the gas, the rental, all that stuff. It's going to cost a lot of time as well. Correct? Yep. Absolutely, it is. And doing some of those numbers, man, they don't look good either. It's right. So yeah. So how much do you think that it's going to cost you to just like physically move it to your place? So yeah, looking at those U-Haul rentals. It's either a trailer or a box truck and it's one way or if it's a round trip, it's there's so many different factors. I still need to do some of the logistics on Then it's do I fly down there and get a get a uh, trailer, rent a trailer down there. But what I've come up with is I have a friend that has a trailer. So I think I'm just going to borrow his trailer and I'm going to go down there and pick it up. And then that'll save me the cost on the trailer fees. Then I'll just have to pay gas in. Okay. I'm going to use hotel points for a hotel when I go down there. So that's not going to cost okay. me anything. So I've got a few things where I'm saving money on it, but it, I think it's, I, I think it's going to okay. be good. I think I've got it worked out logistically so far. People want numbers, man. Give us a number. How much is it going to cost? <laughs> Ballpark. How much are all the, is all the temper we're going to cost? 
How much is it going to cost to move the stuff to your house? It's it's probably going to cost me about five hundred to seven fifty to get this Tupperware. Okay, at least so significant yeah. amount. And to be honest, like when you talk about bringing a trailer down there, you've seen more than I have. But the way he's described it, I don't know what kind of trailer you have, but it, to me, it doesn't seem like a trailer would cut it. It seems like you would need a full-on mm-hmm. U-Haul, like almost like a you know like a moving U-Haul, not the biggest mm-hmm. ones or anything. And like that, but to me, in my mind, what I'm envisioning when I think of a full storage unit, I think of it like it's not just that, but a garage full of stuff. I think you need more than just a little trailer. Yeah, he did give me some. I did ask him for some sizes, and he said it's one of the smaller storage units, and it's only about halfway full, and it's up as okay. tall as he is, so a stacked six feet tall. So sounds like you know more than. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like I can still get away with the trailer and a tarp, and I'm gonna bring a whole bunch of packing tape. I thought about bringing extra boxes just to, in case there were some loose ones floating around, mm-hmm. but I think I could tape it up real good and then put a tarp over it and tie it down really good, and that trailer okay. will get away with it. Nice man. All right. So this is what yep. we want to know. Okay. So we know that you're gonna spend five hundred to seven fifty to actually move it, but mm-hmm. you've got to purchase the Tupperware outright, and you, so you didn't offer him a percentage. You offered him a lump sum. Yeah. What, how much are you paying for this, Mike? Yeah. So that kind of went back and forth and I actually told him, I thought I'm going to, I think I'm going to pass on this and, and he's, and he texted me back probably, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes later. And he goes, I think my father-in-law would take any offer that you threw at him. And so, and yeah, I know exactly. And so we had come up with a price for about $2 a piece. $2 $2 per piece, which comes okay. out to about a thousand bucks. So we said, okay, how about a thousand bucks? He texted back right away and said, sold. <laughs> so he took my Wait, if he texted 000. back right away, did you pay too much? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I questioned okay. that too, but I tried to block that out of my mind because I don't want to think about that. It's just going to be yeah. the thing. When somebody says right. sold right away, then you're well, like, I could have gotten yeah. a better deal, but maybe it wasn't that much better of a deal. And you also want to be fair to the person as well. So there's, right. there's a couple of things going on. And there. that's okay. not exactly the way conversation went. It might've been five minutes and he said, yeah, my father-in-law said that's good. Okay. Fair enough. But either way, I bought a thousand dollars worth of Tupperware, man. Brand new thousand vintage. dollars. Well, yeah. 1980. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see this stuff for sure. So, Finish the sentence. This purchase and effort it will take to move and store the product will be worth it if. So it'll be worth it if I find it'll be worth it if there's five of the items that are on the list that he sent over to me are actually there. It will absolutely five be specific worth it. ones, it's five specific ones that I've already looked okay. up and we're just gold. Okay. Like literally, literally Tupperware gold. All right. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. So, and those just ballpark, those five, they're there. You sell them all. How much are you making off those five? I'm making my money back easily. A thousand bucks? Uh, probably about 1250 to 15. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So, not quite your money back. So, you still got to consider travel costs. Yeah. But that means you're going to exactly. have a whole lot of stuff to sell, which will essentially be just, you know, where your profit is. Yeah. According to the list, there are 500 pieces of Tupperware on that list that I'm picking up. So, yeah. So if there's not, you can renegotiate, right? Uh, yeah, that's the possibility. Absolutely. Okay. Cause I definitely don't want to give him a thousand bucks for just two or three boxes. Right. If there's not, well, it's not going to be that he's already sent pictures. He's not trying yeah. to mess you over. So no, he's not. No. Yeah. I trust him a hundred percent. Right. But okay. it's, uh, it's scary. It's scary to even think about this. I'm a new reseller, man. 
I don't know. What do you think? No, t- to be honest, for me, the scariest part is not the purchase. It's not the pickup. For me, if I was the guy that ended up doing this, it would be the storage mm-hmm. and the overwhelming feeling of having to sell through this incrementally. Mm-hmm. So I, just just for my own sanity, I might even just get like a really small storage unit and just throw it all in there. That way my family doesn't have to see mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'm going to be losing a little bit of money out the gate, but that'll motivate me to sell it fast and maybe try to sell it even within as fast as like a month time. That way I'm only paying like a month's worth of storage. So yeah, that's my thought. My employee that okay. lists for me said that I cannot buy anything new until she gets 90% of it listed and then I can start buying yeah. more inventory, which which is reasonable, but right. as a resale, you don't want to pass up on really good deals if you have the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Just just saying. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I'm really excited, though. This is my Amazon return palette that we've been talking about forever. This is this is my mother load. This is my golden goose. This is yeah. when he said Tupperware and how much Tupperware and that it's vintage Tupperware. I mean, I got chill. I literally got chills <laughs> thinking about the idea of this sell, right. man. It was crazy. Right. Okay. And I like this story. It's very interesting to me and I'm excited to find out, you know, how the, you know, transition process goes, how the actual purchase goes, Mm -hmm. what it's like for you to really look at it in person, but how can your experience apply to everyone else out there? Hmm, That's a good question because I think, I think everybody out there wants to find the mother load and a lot of people see good deals. I mean, look at the uh, auctions at the storage units. You know, some people pay a lot of money and then they end up with a flop. So I had to consider Mm -hmm. that. And I really had to, being a new reseller, I had to look at it, see if I could handle it. If I could handle this plus a nine to five job on top of this and the storage and the logistics and figuring it all out. And it was daunting. It was really scary, but I had to have confidence in myself that I did the research. I know the product. I have the money. I have the space to do it. And I just I had to pull the trigger. I had to. That didn't answer the question at all, but I appreciate you, your, your reflection right there. <laughs> well, it does answer the question because if you're a new reseller out there and you come up on a mother load, but you're scared if you're just letting fear just not not letting you buy this stuff you know have the courage to have the courage to have the conversation with yourself Mm. to look it up and look at what you're buying and see if you're going to do it or not and then and then also have the wherewithal though to pass it up if it's not as good of a deal as you think i think that's step two i think you're i think you're jumping ahead a little bit because i think the step one is that people want to figure out how to find that right because what you found i personally haven't found or i shouldn't say haven't found (laughs) I haven't had access to. And so people want to know, how do I have access to? Is there anything that we can pull from Mike's story here that we can replicate in our own lives? And I think that possibly, because here's the deal, is who Mike's interacting with is not a hoarder. But they're not somebody who's who's like, I don't know, who has everything, kind of all their ducks in a row in their life, right? They're kind of in between. They're not like, saving pizza, bo- mm-hmm. pizza boxes. They're not climbing over stacks of newspapers to get to the bathroom. It's not that bad. It's they're, They just happen to have extra stuff, and they're, they've had it for years. They don't know what to do with it. Perhaps yeah. somebody in your life or people you know's lives have that sort of situation with items that are potentially valuable. So making it known to your friends and family that you're a reseller, like that might gain you access to things. 
It might not, but it might gain you access to things. And then I would go to what Mike mm -hmm. was saying. Then is this worth pulling the trigger? Should we help this person out, clear out their stuff? Um, it's almost like a 1-800-GOT-JUNK scenario where you're helping to clean out their stuff for free mm -hmm. or for a very low price. You're solving a problem, but you're also able to make a lot of money on that. What do you think, Mike? Yeah. No, that's a good point. I've often thought about that. And, you know, we, we, we the premise of our show is kind of off the American pickers, right? Finding the barn finds. Yeah. I happen to walk into this conversation literally right. and walked into this thing, the motherload. But think how many people are out there that, you know, you know, if you look at their barn and they're like, or you see inside their garage and you see a stack of boxes or something right. like that. You're like, just go knock on their door and be like, Hey, what are you doing with all yeah. that stuff? And to be honest, like I have, a, I have a neighbor that's that way. She, she might be a straight reporter actually. Um, we used to be allowed in her house, like to watch her cats when she was away. And now we're not allowed in there mm -hmm. anymore. I think she's a hoarder. I don't think she really has valuable stuff in there. I think she's got like piles of books. I think she, she buys up things that are on sale. Like, Ooh, tide is on sale this week. I'm going to buy 20 of them. You know, it's like one of those types of situations. Mm -hmm. Um, so when she moves or whatever, like I might have access to that, but to be honest, mm -hmm. for me personally, I'm curious to hear from everybody else out there. I've actually found it hard to get access because my wife's grandmother passed away a few years ago. And so they had to go through her house. They had to, you know, dig through all our stuff, dig through her attic. They had to pull things out. Mm -hmm. What's valuable? What's not? Where do we sell it? Should we donate it? This and that. And I was like, mm -hmm. hey, everybody, I have experience with this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's in California, so it's out of state for me. And they're like, it's okay, Carl. We got it. I was like, okay. Like, really? I'm willing to come out there. I'm willing to, like, I don't even want to keep the money. Like, I'm willing to do just do this to kind of, like, help out the family. Oh, that yeah. way you're not getting screwed mm -hmm. on it, on your, on your stuff, but you're actually getting mm -hmm. the appropriate amount of money. And, uh, but it's not my grandma, though, so I'm not trying to force myself in the situation. And they're like, no, 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 it's okay. We got this covered. I was blown oh. away. I was like, this is a skill that I actually have that I can help out the family. And I just yeah. got shut down. Wow. Yeah. And so... Yeah, then we have my buddy Knowlton. His grandpa and grandma passed away, and they had a similar situation, but times 10. So you're talking about the Tupperware. They had, like, um, garages full of, like, Model T Ford gear, or, like, just antiques, like, like, legit stuff. And I was like, Knowlton, yeah. Knowlton, <laughs> invite me out there. I will help you go through this. It was a massive job that yeah. he and his brother did, and um, not interested. So they ended up taking the what they thought was valuable and they're just going to, they put it into like one of those um, storage containers that's stored on Nolte's yeah. brother's property. So now uh -huh. it's just, they simply just shifted it around. They're not really reselling it and it's just, uh -huh. just, yeah, continuing to rust. So I don't know. It's like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm coming on too strong. I don't know, but it, yeah, I found it hard to, to get access to that stuff. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I'm, not, I'm new to this stuff, but that sounds like we'd have a conversation with Knowlton again, Knowlton and his brother, and say, hey, look, why don't you let the two of us try to figure this out for you and see if you can get it off your property. But yeah. that's like, man, that, I love the idea of finding barn finds mm -hmm. and things like that that nobody's thinking about. And it breaks my heart when I think about the people that have passed away and their family's gone through their stuff and just thrown everything out. Right. You know? And it's like... Right. I know it's a lot to resell it, but 
I don't know. What do you do? Hey, can I have that stuff? Or do we do we start up a business? One eight hundred pickers junk or one eight hundred got no, pickers junk? Yeah, I don't it's know. tough to do with people that have passed away because then you're dealing with like the grieving family, and then yeah. they have stories to tell about every single item. So there's there's definitely some sensitivity there, and so yeah. I mean that, that's just like an estate sale business essentially is what you're talking about. And I'm yeah. just talking about like I'm just trying to help out not even trying to make money on it, just trying to make sure that it doesn't get thrown away or wasted. And I don't know, man, some people just have a hard time parting with things or, or letting somebody else kind of objectively look at things. And so I don't know, or again, maybe it's just my personality. I'm coming on too strong. Like I want that stuff. They think I'm just going to try to make some cash on it when I, when I have honorable intentions, I don't know. So that's funny. I I was uh, spending some time at my mom's house uh, right before this last trip that we went on together. And, I was uh, in her house and she's just, she's a knickknack collector, right? Everything is knickknack all over her house. Mm. So I'm I'm walking around her house and I'm looking at all this stuff. She's got a lot of vintage stuff and I'm like, oh, I could sell that. I could sell that. I could sell that. (laughs) And I just, it's in my brain now. I'm just wired that way. It's constantly thinking about it. But then we're sitting around one night just chatting and she goes, you know, my sister has been uh, putting stuff on the kitchen table and the kids would come over and she, she's kind of like getting rid of all of her stuff while she's still alive right. instead of doing it when she dies. Right. And my mom was like, if there is anything in this house that you guys want, just ask me and I'll probably give it to you. And I'm like, well, I could resell a lot of this stuff. And she's like, no, it has to be something that's sentimental value. You can't, can't have something that's re that you're going to resell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, you cuz some people really are sentimental about their stuff and <sighs> Yeah. And I'm that's not, what she was talking about, like yeah. stuff of my dad's, maybe yeah. that she still has that I might want or right. stuff that reminds me of her or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, that's fair. But, that's fair. It's and it's yeah. good to keep some of that stuff too, I suppose, just for fond memories or nostalgia, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not mm-hmm. what the show's about. This is not nostalgia podcast. This is Pickers podcast. This is get rid of that nostalgia. When you go into a house, I don't know if you've, I've asked you this question before, but when you go into a house, like saying it's an estate sale, do you kind of, are you looking at the stuff and kind of wondering about what the person's life was like, or are you able to just disconnect from the emotional part of it and you're mm. just there to look for stuff? No, I, yeah, I don't think that at all because it doesn't look like what their life's like, right? Like everything's reorganized and moved around it and is. reboxed and packaged. So it doesn't, I don't think it replicates it at all. The closest thing would be where I came in on like a teacher's like retirement resale. And I think they did like a lot of homeschooling or they might've even sold some of the stuff. So they had just millions of just, you know, like supplies, essentially some of them new in the box. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like, I don't want any of this. I want to get out of here. And so that's an interesting question. I think that um, it's hard to know because it's already been picked over a lot of times. So I don't know. That's a good question. Do you think about that? Yeah, all the time. I have a hard time yeah. disassociating myself with it because you can see patterns like the genres of books that they have, or if you pick up a snow globe that says New York, nineteen eighty. You're like, mm. was this a family trip? You know, did he get this for his grandson or for his kids, or you know, what was he thinking when he bought this? Or you know, looking at pictures oh, and be like be like, Oh, I wonder what he found interesting about this picture or just all, just all other stuff. It's like, yeah, so hard for me to disconnect when I walk in that front door from that being an actual person's house in life. You know what I mean? I can do that at garage sales where I'm just like, Oh, I can tell this person was into backpacking or this person yeah. 
is was into backpacking 30 years ago mm-hmm. or they're into photography or podcasting. I've come across some podcasters or people that have, you know, just like, you know how there's just certain yeah. things where you're going to see it and you know what that item is, but most people aren't going to know what it is. So then mm-hmm. that's our, it's a built-in conversation. I know exactly what you have there. Most people don't. Let's talk about this kind of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Anyway, that's an interesting question. Mike, Good man, uh, I appreciate you telling your story though. So we'll, we'll keep updating that and uh, find out this is worth it or not. What did the rest of you think? Please comment below. Was that was would you have paid a thousand bucks plus the you know moving and the time it takes to move it to to buy all that Tupperware? Exactly. No, if you were like an expert in Tupperware, we can't take that away from mm-hmm. Mike. And so, but you got trivia for this episode, yeah? I do. I got some okay. trivia. So, what you got? I've got I've got Tupperware trivia for you, Carl. Are you ready for the Tupperware trivia? Probably not. I don't know anything about Tupperware, but go oh, ahead. Come on. I think you're going to be able to do okay with this. All right. All right, number one, Tupperware containers are 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 known for their unique blank. So this is a fill in the blank. Tupperware containers are known for their unique blank seal mechanism. Like lid seal mechanism? Yeah, the seal consists of a flexible lid with a central button that, when pressed, releases air from the container. Okay. But what what is that button called? It's a specific term. I have no idea. Ah, uh, it's unique for their burping seal. Oh, the burping the seal, burping of course. Seal. Would you believe I've yes. never heard of that ever in my life? <laughs> I don't. How, do, you, do you have Tupperware? How, did you grow up in a house with I Tupperware probably, at all? I don't, I don't know. Okay. You never pressed the button in the middle and heard it go boop, I guess not boop, then. Boop, Maybe boop. I didn't have that. Okay. All right. All right. Go ahead. All right. So you failed that one. All right. This one, number two. I'm going to be asking for something specific. Tupperware containers were used to store moon rock samples collected during what Apollo mission? So it's obviously one of the missions that went to the moon. Mm, Like the one, wait, wait, is that the one where they did the fake moon landing and they just grabbed it from Area 51? So they grabbed rocks from Area 51, the Nevada desert. Is that correct? Yes. Out in the (laughs) desert. They're actually desert rocks. They're not moon rocks. (laughs) <laughs> Were they manufactured by some sort of scientist who crushed a bunch of different minerals together? <laughs> exactly. Are you exactly? Is the moon landing fake, Mike? What do you think? No, the moon landing is not fake. Okay. Uh, they, there's just way too much evidence to suggest that it wasn't fake. Okay. How do you explain the weird footage they got with like the flag, or waving? that we haven't went back in 50 years or 60 years, yeah. whatever it yeah. is, since we were there? I'm not a, I'm not a hoaxer. What, a hoaxist or whatever conspiracy theorist for the moon landing. I just, mm-hmm. th- I find it interesting though. So yep. yeah. Well, we can all know that Tupperware went to the moon because they brought a moon rock back in one of these Tupperware containers. Okay. I don't know what the question was anymore, but I don't know the answer. What, what's the answer? What Apollo mission oh, was it? Apollo it was Apollo 11. 13. Apollo 11 okay. brought back the Tom rocks. Hanks brought it back, even though they didn't land on the moon. Okay. No, they never went. They went all the way around <laughs> Carl. Come on. You even knew that in the movie. <laughs> okay. What's your last question? Aren't you a school teacher? Aren't you a school teacher? Yeah, You're school teachers know everything. <laughs> Literally everything. How dare everything. I not know that? <laughs> I know. You don't know what Apollo mission this was. All right. So just, you, you need to get this one right just to make me feel better about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? All right. True or false? Tupperware was invented by Earl Tupper in the 1940s. He developed a method of molding poly... poly Polyethylene, 
poly, poly, credibility a plastic in, a plastic into lightweight airtight containers that would keep food fresh for long periods. True. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Finally, you got one right. Yes, right, true. Guessing. Tupperware was invented by Earl Tupper. Tupper. I love when they name it after themselves. You know, when you name stuff I know. after yourself. I didn't believe that when I first read it, when I was looking up these facts for the trivia. Yeah. In, in, uh, okay. Yep, pretty cool. Right. Well, thanks pretty for the cool trivia. Stuff. I failed, but that's okay because I, you're the Tupperware guy, not me. So... I mean, I, those were those were some low-hanging softballs, man. They weren't that Yeah, for difficult. people that... That know something about Tupperware. I agree. I don't know stuff about Tupperware. Yeah, Apollo, but. Apollo eleven. I mean, you you guessed Apollo thirteen. They never even touched down on the moon. Come on. I was just being ridiculous. Yeah, but you were. Sure. Like, all right. All right. Well, folks, it's fine. It's time to find your own treasures, one story at a time. And remember, it's not reselling unless you're reselling Tupperware. <laughs>